Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We're honored today to have Pastor Jim Bradford with us as we celebrate our anniversary. Pastor Jim was the youth pastor here when I came here 22 years ago. Him and Donna were married on the day that I was voted in one year, so they've been married 23 years. Is that right? Jim's semi-sure on that. Donna seemed a little bit more sure. And uh, so I always remember remember how long they've been been married. But I want to uh, mention to you a couple things. First of all, this morning online, he absolutely killed it. What a great, great message. It was so good that I wish I had heard it somewhere else. I would have stolen all of the points and preached it here myself. That's how good. That's how good it was and given him no credit whatsoever. I know you're going to be encouraged by it. But as I was thinking about it and looking for pictures of him, um, I saw just a great picture. I don't have it for here. We had it for online of him and his family. And I thought, you know, more important than being a good pastor, which he is, he's a good husband. And he's a good dad. And he's a good man. That's more important than any role he plays, any, uh, any title that he has. Uh, he's a good man. And I don't mean that in a generic sense. I mean that in the best possible sense that you could imagine. When Jim was starting out in his own church about 15 years or so, now he would call me and ask for advice. Now I call him and ask for advice. And that's true. That's very, very true. So we're honored and uh, proud and thankful uh, to have Pastor Jim. He'll introduce his family to us. But let's welcome Pastor Jim Bradford back to Hope Assembly today. That was going to be short. Awesome. God is so good. When I used to preach here, I didn't need glasses. So you're going to see me playing the new game of put them on, take them off, put them on, take them off. God is so good, isn't he? So I'm so excited to be here today. It's good to be home. I still consider this my home church. God did so many great things in me and through me here. Um, I, I ended up coming here because I made a wrong turn one day working for Farm and Family, right, and ended up across the street, and, and at the time I was praying for a church, and I said, Lord, if, if this is the place, maybe this, maybe this is it. If this is the place, show me. And then a couple weeks later, I stopped in and walked through those doors, different doors, but same place. Uh, from there, you got better doors now, but walked in and I had my long hair and Harley Davidson shirt on and walked through the door and, and I was just loved. This is a church of love. You know what I mean? This church, it was such a, such a blessing. God did great things through my life. Uh, and then, you know, through Pastor Ray and Pastor Sabella, God did so many great things. My wife and I were married here. So, uh, and then my daughter was born and dedicated here. So right now she's taking. Hey, she's taking a picture. <laughs> awesome. Hey Donna, can you stand? Let everybody see you. This is my wife and Amber. Stand up too. <laughs> Wave to everybody. Mom and Dad, can you do that as well? 
Just give a quick little wave. So glad they're able to be here. Oh, I better start my timer. Okay. So glad they're able to be here today. God did great things through this church. And um, like I said, I was married right here, you know, the first time, the only once married married here and only once so but it was exciting and and uh you know we were blessed i mean we had a baby shower here like everybody came it was awesome amber was born and dedicated here and served the lord here i felt confirmation for serving in the ministry right around here <laughs> on a sunday night service i believe it was we had a missionary speak. I don't even remember who he was. But there was an altar call, and I came forward. And I was praying, God, do you want me to go into ministry? I was just sitting and praying. All of a sudden, the missionary came over to me. And he said, I believe God is telling me to confirm your place in the ministry. I was blown away. Then he said, that was for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah. And he said, that's, that's what I thought. That's how God works in us, right? We take a step of faith. And I even remember that part of the story because that tells me, you know what? Take a step of faith if God is calling you to do something. You might get it wrong, but most likely you're going to get it right. And yeah, right here. And my wife had the call of God for us to go to Bible school confirmed sitting maybe around where you were, something like that. So God is so good. He did great things. So we're excited to be here today. So glad to be able to... Uh, like I said, minister here and share the word. And listen, this is, an, this is an awesome church. Keep being the church that's changing lives in your community. Amen? A lot of people will never read the Bible, but they will read your life. So be the, the living word, if you will. Jesus is really the living word, but let him work in you and through you and change you so when other people see you, they see Jesus. And I'm telling you, you're going to keep changing lives. I'm just one of many. How many of you here can just say your story, it's probably different than mine, but God has changed your life since you've been in this church. Can I see your hand today? All over this place. So God is so good. Well, this morning I was so excited about being here. I got up super early. Okay, I got up early. Everybody else was in bed still. So I got up, I'm walking around and got my coffee, and I thought, I'm hungry. Now, when I'm excited, I like to eat, okay? The problem is when I'm bored, I like to eat, and when I'm happy, I like to eat, and when I'm sad, I like to eat, and when I'm eh, I still like to eat. So I like to eat all the time. But I was excited and wanted to eat, so I'm thinking this morning, I'm going to make me a good breakfast. This usually doesn't happen. So, but I, I got some home fries, right? Some potatoes. Now, I cheated. They were in a can, but they still fry up pretty good, and you would never know the difference, right? So tss, they're sizzling on the stove. I found some sausage in the freezer. Tss, the sausage is sizzling. Anybody else hungry, right? So I'm smelling it, smelling good. 
everything's cooking, put my toast in, the toast is browning just right. I'm like, yeah. And my goal was to not burn the toast because I always do that, but today I did pretty well. So I'm up all by myself, nobody else is up, and I can't believe nobody else is up. And then I put the other frying pan on and I start cooking the eggs, and then I feel eyes on me. I look down and it's my little Boston Terrier, Rocky. See, he didn't wake up for the sausage, he didn't wake up for the bread or the toast or the home fries, but he woke up for the eggs because we feed him eggs. He gets scrambled eggs. When we get an egg, we have to tithe to the dog. He gets his first before we do. That's just how it works. So he got out of bed. He heard the eggs crack. He got out of bed. He's right there looking at me, and I felt eyes, and of course, he had to get his egg. So I fed his eggs while I was eating mine. Here, here's the thought why I'm giving it to you today. For a while, I was alone. I was alone in a kitchen. It was glorious. Sometimes it's nice, but I wasn't really alone, was I? Because the, the dog was there before you know it. Can I say this? Sometimes in life, we're alone. We can feel alone, and sometimes it, it's not always so fun, is it? I mean, it's fun when you're sitting alone and you have like a whole banana cream pie to yourself. That's fun. Okay, but, but sometimes you're just going through life and you just feel overwhelmed and you can feel like you're all alone. I want to share with you an encouraging message today that you're not all alone. Let me tell you this, you're, you're never alone because you cannot outrun the presence of God. Amen? You just can't be done. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. If you want to turn there, it's a fantastic passage today, Romans chapter 8. Verse 18 is where we're going to start, Romans 8, 18. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, whatever version you got, providing it wasn't given to you by a cult. It's probably pretty good. If you have any questions about that, you can see me later. I can help you figure that out. But All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Here we go. How many know that Paul had a difficult life sometimes? It was hard preaching the gospel. He was persecuted. He was in prison and, and, and beaten. As we get ready to read verse 18, I want to say this. Ready? This is what we're going to see as we go through verse 18. We have a hope. Right? And I know that's the name of your church, but honestly, I, I even had it before I was thinking of, like, the name of your church. It's so true. We have a hope. How fitting is it for your church that we have a hope? You can share that with the community. Why don't we say that together? I have a hope. Ready? I have a hope. Good. Look at verse 18. Here we go. Gave you plenty of time to find it. Verse 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. Here Paul's talking about how our environment, how the earth itself is broken because of sin. The earth is messed up because of sin. Trees get diseases, don't they? Um, we have environmental problems. Our pets get sick, right? 
We have a lot of bad things in our world. And, and Paul says creation itself is looking forward to the day when God is going to fix it. Look at verse 22. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. How many long for that? We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If, if if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it, but we look forward to something we don't yet have. We must wait patiently and confidently. Scripture tells us that one day God's going to make it right. Amen? One day it's going to be okay. I love Revelation 21, verse 1 through 4 from the message from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. He says this, I saw heaven and earth new created. Gone the first heaven, gone the first earth, gone the sea. I saw holy Jerusalem newly created, descending resplendent out of heaven, as ready for God as a bride for her husband. I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look. Wow. I, I did that. We'll do that again. Look, look. Sound like Luke. Sorry. God has, God has moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that good? Making his home with men and women. They're his people, and he's their God. This verse I share all the time. Ready? He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain, gone. All the first order of things, gone. Heaven, heaven. Heaven is our hope. We have a hope. It's heaven. I shared this morning, we had a man from our church pass away last night. He struggled with his health. It was really, honestly, really bad the past month or so. And my prayer just the other day was, listen, I knew this guy loved Jesus. I knew he loved Jesus. He, he loved the Lord so much. But his time here was, was coming to an end. And I sat with him and prayed, and then even later on, I prayed with my family at home. We prayed, and, and I said, God, I, I don't know your timetable, but I know he's ready. And I pray that if the time is good, if, it was okay, if it's okay, if you would take him home and relieve the suffering. If it's your will. And I prayed and said, God, I don't know, but you know if it's your will. Last night, he closed his eyes here. And he opened his eyes with the Lord. Last night, what he held as, as his faith became sight when he opened his eyes. He exchanged the land of the dying in which we live today for the land of the living in heaven. That's good news. Can I tell you, we have a hope. 
And our hope is, is bigger than any football team. Our hope is bigger than any political candidate, is it not? Our hope is bigger than any of those things. It's bigger than a vaccine. It's bigger than anything. Our hope is ultimately heaven where all the wrongs will be made right. Amen? Where all of the broken hearted, all the broken hearts will be healed. All of the loneliness would be gone. Every tear dried up. How do we get to heaven? I love how Pastor Tony Evans puts it. He says, just like when we go to any other country, we need to have our passport stamped. We need to have a stamped passport to get into the new country. He said this, you need your passport stamped to get into heaven. What's the stamp? He said, it's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus or you're not getting in. And I'm so glad that heaven is not for those who are good. Because if you look around, there's nobody good. None of us are good, right? Anybody think you're good? Raise your hand. Then you're a liar. You're not good anymore. None of us are good, but I'm glad heaven is not for the good. Heaven is for the forgiven. Amen? And we come to Jesus and we ask him to be our Lord and our Savior. We put our trust in him just like you're jumping out of an airplane, clinging to a parachute. That's crazy. Who would do that? But if I'm going to jump out of an airplane, you know I'm clinging to a parachute. You know what else is crazy? Who would go forward and slip into eternity alone when Jesus is there? And you could cling to Jesus even better than a parachute. Who would spring forward into eternity without Jesus? That doesn't make any sense. But Jesus died for all the world, and he wants to bring you hope. And because heaven is real, and he's real. Amen? We have a hope. It's heaven. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just. He cleanses you from all sin, 1 John 1.9 says. I like 1 John 1.10 too. If we claim we have no sin... We're calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. We have a hope. Amen. Moving on, verse 26. Here's something else. God doesn't leave us alone. Wouldn't it be hard if we just went through life and all we had was hope? Hope is awesome. But God says, I love you so much, I'm going to give you more than hope. Ready? I'm going to give you help. God gives us help. That's good. We have help. Look at verse 20. Where am I at? Verse 26. Same context, right? Next verse. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. That passage, we know that passage. We put it on t-shirts and bumper stickers and kitchen magnets and stuff. Verse 28, it's great, it's awesome, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in context, Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit working through us. Do you notice that? He's talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know, when we come to Jesus and we ask him to forgive us of our sins, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. 
Now, as children, maybe we'll say Jesus lives in my heart. And, and I understand what we're trying to say. Truth is, if you're talking logically, Jesus is sitting next to the right hand of God on his throne, getting ready to sit up and come back. Right? Jesus is getting ready to return. I like to think of him as kind of leaning forward a little bit, getting ready to stand up. We don't know when he's coming back. But he didn't leave us alone. He gave us the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who speaks to us, who helps us, who encourages us. And this passage says there's sometimes in your life you're so broken, you don't even know what to pray for. Have you ever had that in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Like two of us. Awesome. The rest of you, wow. You've... No, we've all have, haven't we? We've all had times where all of a sudden you get a phone call or something happens and you, you got nothing. You know? And, and you might think I should have all these words because I should be like super Christian and yet I got nothing. My world was just blown up. I just got sucker punched. And the Bible tells us that God has given us help. The Holy Spirit who lives in us. If we trust him and let him, he will pray through us with groanings we don't even understand. We call that praying in the spirit. I want you to, I want to tell you today that it's not weird to let the Holy Spirit work through your life. It's not weird at all. He's given us these gifts. Let him work through you. Just be open. Just say, God, I wait on you. Let him speak through you. Paul speaks of the gifts of the Spirit in other scriptures. Gifts of like tongues and interpretation and gifts of knowledge and gifts of healing, gifts of faith. I love the way the Assemblies of God evangelist Tim Enloe categorizes them. Because when I heard him say this, I don't know if this was new to him, but when I, was, when I heard him share, it really helped me a lot to kind of put a handle on what we were talking about. And he said, you can take all the gifts of the Spirit that God gives us, and you can categorize them by these three categories. Something God wants us to know. Something God wants us to say. Something God wants us to do. That, that revolutionized me when I heard that. He said, God is in your life. He's working in you. And one day you might be somewhere and there's something God wants you to know. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed wisdom that was beyond you? Honestly, that's my normal, right? Okay. But anybody else, you're like, I need a word from God. Is there something I should know? And when we pray, God, even in that moment, God, is there something I should know? God might drop something in your heart you would have never thought of. He might give you a word of knowledge. So when we get up in the morning and we say, God, I want help from you today. If there's anything you want me to know, please show it to me. And I add on, I'm really dense, God. Make it really clear. Right? And another thing, is there anything you want me to say? God, anybody ever need a word to share with a family member? Pray, God, if there's something you want me to say today. See, Jesus is on the throne, but the Holy Spirit's in our heart, and God might say, I love this person, and I want you to encourage them today and drop something in your heart to share with them. The gifts of the Spirit are beautiful. 
You might have a friend who's lonely, who's, who's suicidal. And God might drop a word in your heart and you just step out in faith and say, I know this might sound weird, but I just want to let you know that I love you. And if you need anything, let me know. Or whatever it is God might put in your heart. You could change somebody's life. Or something you need to do, right? Something you need to do. God might call you to do something. We have help from him. Moving on, the last one. Here we go. We have hope. We have help. Ready? Here's the last one. We have a promise. We have a promise. It's Romans 8, verse 35. We have a promise. See, God doesn't leave us alone. He says, you know, we have hope, heaven. Whatever you face here, heaven. Heaven, heaven, it's going to be okay, right? It's going to be okay with God. Our best days are ahead. And God says also, I'm not leaving you alone. You might think you're alone sometimes, but I'm giving you my Holy Spirit. And I'll help you. Just ask, God, is there anything I need to know, say, or do today? And give him a second. He might change you. The third one is the promise. I gave you a moment to look it up. Romans 8.35. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Here's God's promise. His love. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep, verse 37. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Verse 37, some translations say we're more than conquerors. Is it possible to face bad situations in life? Absolutely. Paul who wrote this he suffered so many things. He was in prison. He was rejected by friends and the government. He spent many months of his life in prison for his faith. Paul wasn't just giving like theoretical ideas of Christ's love. He's telling you while he's in jail and chained to the wall or while he's being beaten, he says, I, I am not out of the love of Christ. While he's being beaten. Nothing separates me from the love of Christ. Wouldn't that make a little more sense if we had a God who knew what it was like to suffer? How dare God make us suffer? He should know what it, oh wait, he does, doesn't he? See, Jesus suffered, didn't he? He died and he rose again, why? Why? So we could all have heaven. And he promises us, though you may suffer here for a little while, like my friend last night who passed away. You may suffer here for a little while. His suffering had an expiration date. And now he's in God's glory. I was thinking, rest in peace. It's not always true. For those who don't die in Christ, it's not true at all. They're not resting in peace. But for him, he has peace. But I was thinking last night, not just RIP, rest in peace. I was thinking this. He had trouble moving for a while. His mobility was bad. And I thought of this. Run in paradise. I think my friend is running around. 
No more walker, no more pain, no problems. Seeing his loved ones, right? Seeing Jesus, looking around, looking at you, saying, come on. Preach it, Pastor Jim, I hope. Right? Come on, he's with the Lord. His best days are here. Moving on, verse 38. I am convinced, he said, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing, 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 nothing in all creation will ever ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I have a promise. I want to leave you with a quick story from Corey Tenboom. Her and her family were sheltered Jews, or they sheltered Jews during the Holocaust in World War II in Holland. Because of their risky act of service, most of her family was arrested by the Nazis. Her father and sister died in a concentration camp. She wrote the book, The Hiding Place. She wrote of the hellish conditions that she and her sister, or her sister Betsy endured. She said this, they managed to hold on to a Bible. They hid the Bible in the concentration camp. They hid the Bible from the guards. The Bible sustained them in the barracks. She said this. Like waves clustered around a blazing fire, we gathered about it. Can you picture the guards were away, they broke out the Bible, and they gathered around the Bible, all of the people in the concentration camps. She said we, we held out our hearts to its warmth and light. The blacker the night grew around us, the brighter and truer and more beautiful burned the word of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. She said, I would look about as Betsy read that, and I could see the light leap from face to face, more than conquerors. It was not a wish. It was a fact, and we knew it. We experienced it minute by minute. Poor, hated, hungry, we are more than conquerors. Not we shall be, we are. She said, life in Ravensbrook took place on two separate levels, mutually impossible. On one level, it was the observable external life that grew every day more horrible. On the other level, the life we lived with God, she said, we grew daily better. Truth upon truth, glory upon glory. Jesus said this, in this world you will have troubles, trials, sorrows. John 16, Take heart, I have overcome the world. Today I want you to remember as we close out right now, listen, we are not alone. We have what? We have a hope, don't we? We have a heaven. 
No matter what happens, our best days are ahead, aren't they? Amen? Isn't that good to know? No matter what happens, our best days are ahead. No matter what the doctors say, no matter the diagnosis, our best days are ahead. No matter who wins the election coming up, our best days are ahead. We're also not alone because we have a help. The Holy Spirit lives within us. God wants to speak to you if you only give him the opportunity. If you only come to him, God, if there's, is there anything you want me to know, say, or do today? And wait. He gives you help. The last one is promise. He's not going to leave you. He loves you no matter what you face. He loves you. Can I say this today? This message isn't just for you today. This message is for your family. This message is for your loved ones and your neighbors. This message is for those people you're going to see at Wawa. This message is for the waitress who you're going to have in a half hour who stinks, who messes up your order, gives you the wrong thing. They put like mustard on a cheesesteak, and you're like, what in the world is wrong with you? And they're even wearing a Dallas Cowboys shirt of all things. And you're like... This person is terrible. Can I tell you, this message is for her as well. Yes, God even loves the Cowboys fans. I know. He loved, but can I tell you this? You and I, we have a mandate to share this message with our communities, even if they burn your food. That does not give you a right to be nasty and not tip. Right? We need to share the love of Jesus because we don't know what this poor person, they're already wearing a cowboy shirt. They've had trauma in their lives, no doubt. God might be calling you to share the love of God with them and bring them up from that terrible way of living. Am I right? Share the love of Jesus. And for goodness sake, tip. Tip. God is so good, isn't he? Hasn't God showed you more grace than you deserve? Absolutely for me. Let's show grace. Let's love. Maybe we can be so kind and so loving. Maybe God will open up a little window for us to just share the love of God with them. I'm telling you, I was at a restaurant the other day with a bunch of pastors, and our waitress came in, and her she came to the table, and she said, oh, I saw her dragging her leg, and she said something about her knees. And the conversation went on, and she delivered the food. It was good Italian food. I love it. Fresh from Hamilton. It was glorious. And then she went on, but that just stuck out to me. And I just felt impressed in my heart that God wanted me to pray for this person. I don't know this person. But at the end, she came and gave us all her check, and I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I don't know you, but I'm a pastor. It, would it be okay if I prayed for you? She looked at me and she said, oh, yes, please. She hobbled over and it was so funny because she came over and she didn't know what to do. She's like, do I sit in a chair? Do you all lay your hands on me? Do I lay down? What do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is totally fine. You can just stand there. And we gathered around and I just, I just prayed with her. I just said, and actually, before I even got the praise, she told her coworker, she said, I got a doctor's appointment, but Jesus is going to heal me now. And I'm like, wow. And then I called her over, and I said, let, let, let's pray. And I said, Jesus, I just prayed something simple. Can you touch her? She was crying and stuff. 
Now, I don't know how the story ended. I don't know if she went to the doctors and she's better than he could have imagined. I don't know. I don't know if God healed her later on that night. But all, all I know is the worst case is she was encouraged and we pointed to Christ. Right? That's the worst case. And God is commissioning you and I to go forward with this message that God is our hope. You can share that. God is our help. You can share that. And he will help you share that. Right? And what's the third one? There you go. See, I forgot. Good. No, I didn't really forget. For a second I did. <laughs> our promise that he loves us. Can we pray today? I went too long. Let's pray today. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? If you're here, I just feel led to just say this. If you want God to work through you today to share his love with somebody, can we just open up our hands and just ask him to do that today? Lord Jesus, we close out. We thank you so much for your time, for the time here that we had today. Lord, I just pray today for my friends and family. I see many hands up in this place that say they want to be used by you to share your love with their community. Lord, they have children and grandchildren and neighbors and friends and people who I will never meet who need to hear the love of Christ. I pray that you would help them and anoint them, Lord. You help them, God, I pray, Jesus, you're able. Do it, Lord. Help them to share your word that you are our hope, that you give help. And you will never leave us or forsake us. We receive that. Empower us to be your hands extended to our world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.